I know some people like people watching. I actually don't. I get annoyed at people watching. Like (laughs) if I'm at the airport, I get annoyed. You might agree with this, but for any of the empaths out there, like I'm a total empath. So like I pick up so much on people's energy. So when I'm out at the airport, like I can feel people's energy around me. I can feel the stress. Like if people are standing too close to me, like it's just a lot and it just adds that overstimulation element. So I find that I I get very annoyed and agitated and I find myself complaining, which I know is not beneficial to my travel. I, when I'm traveling overseas, like I'm complaining pretty much nonstop. Like I'm just like, this is going wrong. This is going wrong. This is going wrong. This is stressful, which is not effective. I don't want to do that. And it does not make it enjoyable for anyone that has to travel with me. At least I'm willing to admit it, you guys. But I need to find a better way to handle this and try to do this with a little bit more grace and a little bit more positivity Because I think it would make things better for myself if I can just be like brushing off the small stuff. But in the midst of it, in the midst of the stress and the travel of flying over here, it feels like everything when those little things are going wrong. It feels like everything. You're listening to Breaking the Ice, a podcast and community created for wives and girlfriends of professional hockey players. But since has turned into so much more. Stories shared by women around the globe who come together for a sense of connection and community. You may be in the sports industry, a hockey parent, an athlete, or a person who just enjoys podcasts, but I can promise you, you'll be inspired by these women every single day while we evolve through the tips, tricks, do's, and don'ts for all things hockey. And guess what? So much more. For women, by women, but especially for a hockey community. So lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. Thanks for listening. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. For those that have listened to episodes in the past, you know that BetterHelp has come up several times from some of my guests. Living the lifestyle that we do, it is so beyond important to talk about our feelings. And I think that it would be very valuable to have like a third party listening ear to offer advice and insight into our lifestyle and situations. I think something for me that has kind of delayed my start into getting into therapy is that half of the year I'm living in a different country. So the coolest part about BetterHelp is it's customized online therapy and they offer video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to see them on camera if you don't want to. And it's way more affordable than going to in-person therapy. And you can start communicating with someone in less than 48 hours. So I'm excited to try out BetterHelp this hockey season. I think that people can only benefit from going to therapy. And it probably can only improve the kind of experience you're going to have during the season. So if you're interested in signing up for BetterHelp, you can head to betterhelp.com forward slash breaking the ice. Hello, hello. I have officially made it to the other side of the pond. I'm sitting here in my new apartment recording this episode today. Our travel day was to be expected. I feel like you can prepare as much as possible and you're still going to run into 
issues and setbacks and frustrations. Today is a solo episode because I wanted to talk about how to cope with travel anxiety. I am someone I like to work on myself and I like to grow as a person. And so I think that I spend a lot of time in my thoughts, whether this is always a good thing, not so sure. I definitely am an overthinker, which can oftentimes kind of advance my anxiety when it's coming up for me. But I do feel that it's important to kind of evaluate more feeling a certain way and ask ourselves why. So I started kind of noticing that every single time that I travel, whether that's vacation or moving to a new place, it brings up these feelings of anxiety for me. And I'm someone that's struggled with anxiety since before I could remember. So like going back to high school, I think that was like the very first time that I started experiencing anxiety because I went to a different high school than a lot of my friends that I went to middle school with. So it was kind of like a fresh start. I didn't know a lot of people and I was kind of thrown into this new place. And I think that was the very first time that I noticed that I just had these like constant thoughts and sometimes it would kind of lead me into depressive episodes, which I guess I've never really considered myself to be like a person who struggles with depression. But as I look at it more and more, I think that I definitely wouldn't say that I have like chronic depression or constant or like often, but I do definitely have waves of depression that come up in my life depending on certain seasons that I'm going through. And so with this travel anxiety, I think a lot of us have it, but we don't always know how to identify it because a lot of the times this is just how it is. And it is, I think there's a huge difference from traveling somewhere versus moving somewhere because you have, you know, the kids, the dogs, the bags, and a lot of us fly over without our significant others. So this was my very first time actually flying over without my husband. And I'm very happy to say I will never do that again. I don't care if I have to miss Oprah Winfrey's gala that I'm invited to. I'm literally never flying over without my husband again. And I was kind of doing some research about travel anxiety and I found this interesting, but there was this one study that said that 65% of people who have been in a major car accident develop travel anxiety. And also another statistic is having a panic attack while in an unfamiliar area can also lead to anxiety over traveling. Definitely have experienced both of those things, whether it's correlated or not. I'm not entirely sure, but I was thinking about this and it's not always, I think it's a combination of things, right? Because we always think it's just about the travel, but I do feel that I get very triggered by going to a new place. So if I'm going to move to Europe, which is not my home country, so this probably would come up for you as well if you're from Europe moving to North America, it's a brand new area. If you're going to a new city, it's a new group of friends. You kind of have to like put yourself out there. You question, are people going to like me? You know, and so you're going through that while also realizing that you are not just going on vacation. You are leaving your life for the next eight months. And that can be a really overwhelming feeling. 
I mean, I would not say that many people in this world know what it feels like to pack your shit up every eight months and move overseas. It's a lot. And I think because we do it so often that we kind of can dismiss these feelings and thoughts and we just kind of think like, oh, like we'll get through it. This is fine. This is normal. But like, it's not totally normal. Yes, it's probably normal for us and it feels just like routine. But I think that we have to honor how we're feeling in this time and space and allow ourselves to recognize that, yeah, this is really hard. And, you know, I am excited to go to this place, but I'm also really nervous and your feelings are totally valid. I was chatting with one of the other girls on this team and she she flew over here before I did. And she was just kind of telling me how like, it's always really hard for her when she first gets here because it's always such an adjustment. And it kind of got me thinking, wow, that's actually so true. Like I never really looked at it that way. Like I always feel like, yeah, it's an adjustment to get settled, but I always find myself right when I get to the team that I'm on, I get really moody and I get really complaining and I just don't feel happy because I'm getting thrown out of my element, right? So it's like we get back to where we're from. You know, if you have a home, if you have a place that you're comfortable with, whether that's family or, you know, you're just kind of in your home country going about your routines, going to Target and Trader Joe's, you're getting back into your system, you're comfortable, you have your items around you, moving on top of that, you're out of your element and you're coming into a place that might not always have the things that you are comfortable with. So I know I probably sound like a broken record, but in a lot of my episodes before, I've always talked about how I need to make my space homey. And I never do that because I feel like I always want to. And then like, I kind of start to agree with my husband in the sense that, yeah, yeah, we're only here for eight months. So like, why should we spend, you know, a couple hundred bucks making this place homey if like, we're not going to live here. But the fact of the matter is we come over here eight months every year. So like if we're holding on to the stuff, then it is kind of worth the investment because like your home is your sanctuary. And I think it's really, there's something to be said about having a place where you feel happy and content. And if you're coming into an apartment, wherever that is, and you are looking at all of this stuff that is not yours, you have not added your personal touch into it, you've added no personal photos to it, you are not going to feel like you are living in your apartment. So every time you come back into this space, you're just going to feel like icky. So I think that's been part of my problem is that I never add in my personal touches to it. So I'm definitely making that a priority. Like I'm going to... TK Maxx, this, that's the European version of TJ Maxx. And I'm going to get stuff for the apartment. I want to get some plants. I want to get some just decor. I want to get some pillows. I want to print some photos so that when I come home into my space and I'm sitting here, I can feel comfortable. And I will admit that we got a good couch this year. Thank God. (laughs) Because I was about to buy another one if we were not going to. We spend so much time on those, so it's it's necessary. Going back to the travel anxiety and that aspect, I kind of thought to myself, like, why do I get so triggered by traveling? Because I feel like my husband doesn't. Like, he handles it so much better than me, and he, it's all going to work out, you know, and it's going to be okay. And I'm like, I know that, but it's still very, it's a lot. It's a lot 
because I think that for them, like they're coming over here for a job, right? And we're kind of following. And this not wouldn't necessarily be our path if we if we're not following them. Like we probably wouldn't be not living in our home country, you know, sitting around as much or not having like just not having a total comfort zone. So I think it's easier for them because their life is not as drastic of a change. They are used to this. They're used to getting up and going to going to practice and every year having a new team. And this is what they've known. Like this is what they've known their entire life. For us, it's, I mean, they have 20 plus years of experience probably on us of living this lifestyle. Maybe not 20, but you know, somewhere around there. And so it's just kind of like, well, this is just what it is. And if you've, I mean, my husband and I have been together about seven and a half years. And so, yes, I'm used to it. And yes, I kind of know what to expect at this point, but it's still hard for me. You know, I had a life. How old am I? Jesus, I'm almost 29. It's like I had a life before I met him where I never did anything like this. And so it still feels like a new thing to me. So I started identifying some of my triggers of stress and anxiety. It makes sense to me now why the traveling aspect is so much on me. And some people handle these travel days like champs. And I got so many nice messages like, you're a superhero. I don't know how you're doing this. I'm not a superhero. I struggled hard. And in the moment, I did not feel like I was calm (laughs) at all. I also kind of feel like sometimes when I have experienced like these challenges and I'm already stressed out, it makes me like really hard. Like I, I build a very hard exterior, like just like this tough FU kind of mentality when that's not my personality. Like I actually feel like I'm a very like soft, sensitive person, but like bringing out when I'm in a, in a place that feels uncomfortable to me, it does make me hard. Or if like someone's rude to me, it makes me again, have that kind of FU mentality. Something I've identified this past summer, just because we did do quite a bit of traveling, is a trigger for me is being rushed or being late. So, and let me explain this, because if you know me personally, if you are one of my good friends outside of this podcast, you probably will consider me someone that's late. I'm not admitting that I'm someone that's such an early on-time person. I've always been a little bit late. I kind of always underestimate how much time I need to get somewhere or be ready. I will admit that. But when it comes to traveling and appointments, there's something about that that is very triggering for me if I'm rushing in last minute. Because I like to, for appointments or travel, I want to come in and be able to take my time and go to the bathroom or like sit down for a second or get food. And so if I'm rushing, 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 I start to panic. It causes this fight or flight within me. So even this past weekend, I had a wedding that I was going to and I wanted to leave at one and I had my dad and sister out helping me and I had an appointment that morning. It was the only appointment I could get in to go to the doctor before I left. So I had to take it, but it kind of just like set me back. And then, you know, it just took 
a little bit longer than we thought to get the car loaded and then we realized we didn't have gas and then we realized we were hungry so we really didn't get on the road till an hour and a half after and since i was in this wedding i knew i had to be there at 5 45. so i started freaking out like i was like i was just a nightmare and i feel like i'm a nightmare to travel with unless i'm like going on like a fun light short vacation I get so stressed out and I was worried because I was like, I need to be able to not show up at this rehearsal, like rushing in one minute before it starts. A, because I feel like it's really rude to do that. And B, I want to be able to gather myself and especially throwing a child into this mix where I have to sit there and feed him on top of getting myself ready. I didn't want to be rushing. So anyways, kind of where I'm going with this is like, I started like having a panic attack in the car and I'm like, where is this coming from? And my sister kind of had to talk me down and and she was like, look, we're going to get there in time. If we have to drive you right to the rehearsal and drop you off, like that's fine. You can change in the car. You can get ready in the car. But I just had it so fixated in my mind that I needed to have that time to get ready. And I wasn't going to have that time. And it started to make me panic. So anyways, we wound up getting there and I had like 10 minutes to get ready at our Airbnb until we had to take off for the venue, which was an additional 20 minutes from where we were staying. Going into this big travel day where we're moving overseas, I wanted to make sure that I was not going to be rushed and I was not going to be late. Something that always has made me anxious with traveling is like when we don't have a ride to the airport and we have to take an Uber or a cab. And I was thinking to myself, how the hell are we supposed to get like nine bags? And mind you, if you're judging me for that, just wait till you have kids. Because if you have kids, you know why we have nine bags. It's like you have a stroller bag, (laughs) a car seat bag. I had two bags for myself, a bag for Crosby. My dad had a bag and then he had all my winter stuff that I left at their house in another bag. Then we had our carry-ons and a dog and a baby and a car seat base and all of this stuff. So I'm thinking when you have those morning flights, which... I always say, I'm never booking these morning flights, but somehow I feel like they're usually morning flights if you're coming from the West Coast to Europe because you usually have to fly like to the East Coast um, for that first leg. So you're going to leave in the morning. And I think there's something overwhelming about having a morning flight because you have to wake up and literally like get on the road and have your shit together in the morning. So it always makes the night before really chaotic. So yeah, anyways, I was thinking like, how are we supposed to fit all of this in a cab? We'll have to take two cabs and thank the Lord, our friends who are another hockey couple, Sabrina and Corbin, shout out. I love you guys. You saved my ass, offered to come meet us at the airport and drop my husband's truck off at where it was staying for the hockey season. So he's leaving it with a friend. So they met us at 6.30 in the morning which God bless their souls. I hope I can pay that forward to someone sometime in the future because it was our saving grace. We were able to load everything into my husband's bed of his truck before the night before, which ultimately saved us a ton of time in the morning to be able to do that. 
even if I had to park my car at the airport and hide the keys and have someone go get it, I think that just having a plan and being able to load those bags the night before helped calm so much of my stress in the morning because I knew I didn't have to load anything into the car. I was ready to go besides putting a couple additional things in our storage unit in our backyard, which by the way is a really good idea if you are wondering where you store your stuff. We had someone come build a shed on the side of our house that we lock during the hockey season so that when we have renters, like they don't have access to that. So we leave our stuff, like we put our mattress toppers in there, we put you know, anything that we don't want to leave out for tenants. So we still did leave like 15 to 20 minutes later than I wanted to. So I learned that I'm going to start telling a white lie that we have to be there 20 minutes before I actually want to be there so that we can actually leave when I want. So I think just establishing a plan the night before of like, what is going to make me the least stressed out in the morning when I have a morning flight was super beneficial to me. Another thing that I realized is a big trigger for me is being asked a lot of questions. <laughs> so I don't, it just depends on the situation. Like more so like, where do I put this? What do you want me to do next? What do you want me to do this? Like, I don't always like having to dictate tasks and chores and delegate, like, because I'm like, why can't we just all know what we need to do? So I think that's like just a need that I need to get better at expressing. And like, I feel like I did a pretty good job at like making a list this year and like trying to delegate tasks. So like even to my husband before he left, I was like, here's everything I need you to do. When my dad was here, I was like, here's everything I need you to do. Like this is helpful to me because sometimes I think, us as humans, like we're different and we are going to have different ideas of like what is effective to get done. So I think like making a list and being able to be like, okay, this is exactly what needs to be done. Because I think in the moment when people are like wanting to be helpful and that's truly like the place that it's coming from, but like feeling like there's this constant, like, where do you want this? What do you want this? What do you want this? And it's like, I already am living in my head and trying to like figure out everything that I have to do. So maybe just like expressing like, look, I get really overwhelmed when like a bunch of people are asking me questions. So sitting down and being able to make a list maybe on both of you and your spouse's part of what you guys think needs to be done and then delegating appropriately like, okay, you're really quick at this. I'm really quick at this. I'll take this on. And like we always initial our names next to each task so that we can make sure that we're just like trying to power through everything as effectively as possible. So those are the first two for me. I'm curious if anyone can relate to that or agree with that. And I encourage you to make a list of your own triggers because sometimes we don't even know. We just think, oh, this is just how I am. But there are definitely things that start to trigger me. Like another thing would be overstimulation. And I think For the moms listening, being overstimulated is a trigger. So like, for example, if you've been either touched out for the day, if you are, which if you're not a mom, touched out just basically means being needed, being touched by your kid all day, which like, of course, I love holding my baby. I love snuggling with him. But sometimes there's days where he's really like 
a lot on me. Like if I'm not having such a good day and it's like at the end of the day, you're like, I just want to sit here in silence and just like scroll my phone without any noise. So I think like when I'm overstimulated, which when you are getting ready to move and pack and you're like packing your house up, your life, you're running errands, you're tackling a to-do list while also trying to like say bye to friends and family. Like the, literally the list goes on and on and on. And so that is a huge, huge thing is to become overstimulated, which I didn't realize was what I was feeling and what was happening. So for me, why I started figuring out why I would get so overstimulated at the airport is because I'm already stressed. I've already been overstimulated for days leading up to this. And then it's so loud at the airport, right? There's like constant people over the microphone. Like, you know, if you're like me, you have a young child on a plane trying to get them to sleep and people like walking down the aisles and talking, it's like very triggering, which causes like stress. So if you have any input about what to do when you're feeling overstimulated, I would absolutely love to hear it. I think meditation is probably a really helpful tool when you're feeling this way which is something that I need to make more of a priority. I tried to do a little meditation the night before, but I think in the moment it's so go, go, go that it's just hard to get back into that headspace when you're going through it. But I really would like to find effective tools for this because it's obviously inevitable, right? That there's going to be noise. Like everyone doesn't just go through life just in silence. But for me, like in my own home, I feel like I'm pretty quiet. Like I don't like a lot of noise. And so it's very triggering. I know some people like people watching. I actually don't. I get annoyed at people watching. Like (laughs) if I'm at the airport, I get annoyed. You might agree with this, but for any of the empaths out there, like I'm a total empath. So like I pick up so much on people's energy. So when I'm out at the airport, like I can feel people's energy around me. I can feel the stress. Like if people are standing too close to me, like it's just a lot and it just adds that overstimulation element. So if you have any tips for trying to power through this, let me know. I find that I, I get very annoyed and agitated and I find myself complaining, which I know is not beneficial to my travel, like I, when I'm traveling overseas, like I'm complaining pretty much nonstop. Like I'm just like, this is going wrong. This is going wrong. This is going wrong. This is stressful, which is not effective. I don't want to do that. And it does not make it enjoyable for anyone that has to travel with me. At least I'm willing to admit it, you guys. But I need to find a better way to handle this and try to do this with a little bit more grace and a little bit more positivity Because I think it would make things better for myself if I can just be like brushing off the small stuff. But in the midst of it, in the midst of the stress and the travel of flying over here, it feels like everything when those little things are going wrong. It feels like everything. All right. And the last trigger that I identified is clutter. I never knew this was a trigger for me because let me tell you, In my younger years, (laughs) in my younger years of college and high school, one may tell you that I was messy. And I wasn't messy, like, disgusting. Like, I was just messy. I just wouldn't, and I would say I was probably like that last year too, to be honest with you, because 
when you have a newborn that has colic, it's literally impossible to clean because all you want to do is sleep when they're sleeping. But ever since having my son, I have become a new woman with cleanliness and keeping my space tidy. So my husband did the best he could to like declutter our apartment. But of course, like girl guy difference, like there's a difference between like what a girl might find cluttered versus a guy. And so like I came here and like there was just stuff kind of all over, which I identified as a trigger for me because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm coming into a mess And then not to mention, I'm obviously not unpacked yet, catching up on jet lag, trying to like power through that, taking care of an infant. Today, I'm really going to try to power through the rest of my stuff so I can start to get settled in. But I think like having those suitcases sitting around on top of the clutter is makes it really hard to settle in. I mean, he unpacked pretty much all of our stuff, but there is like just, you know, like random stuff from in the apartment that's not ours and just like kind of random furniture but we have a storage unit so I'll definitely be going down there and taking the stuff that I don't want sitting around that just like doesn't feel good to me and that's the thing is I think with these triggers like as we sit in them and as we experience these feelings of anxiety coming up we need to ask ourselves what makes me feel good and if something by looking at something if it doesn't make you feel good or going out and buying something makes you feel better do that because it is a total mental thing and you need to be able to recognize that. So it's interesting to me that I never exactly looked at these triggers before recently, but it kind of is making sense to me now as to why I get so overwhelmed when I'm leaving. So if you've mastered this travel anxiety and you have any input I would absolutely love to hear about it. Reach out to me. If you have any tips, I'd love to share it for our community because I think a lot of people experience this again and just don't exactly know like what they're experiencing or feeling. They're just like, this freaking sucks. But really it's just bringing up a lot of feelings. So I kind of was like looking up some things on Dr. Google about different tips to calm travel anxiety, which if you are going to be joining on our membership program, Actually, someone wrote an entire blog about dealing with travel anxiety. That's really, really good. There's a lot of good tips in there, so you'll have to check that out. But the tips on line says build an extra time, set reasonable expectations, try to stay positive or neutral. And I actually love that word neutral because it's like you don't necessarily need to be like, happy jolly like this is great no worries this is fine no worries like it's like no like you're allowed to like feel something but I think being neutral like yeah that's you know fucking annoying but it is what it is it's like a better mindset than like really sinking into those feelings and like letting the weight of these situations like drag with you through the day because it's really not helping you in the long run Breathing, something we can all do better at. Taking deep breaths. (sighs) Fact check your anxiety. Like asking yourself, like, why do I feel this way? What's causing me to feel this way? Is this something that's actually a huge problem? Or is this like a trigger for me and causing my anxiety? Is there something I can do about it? 
act your way into feeling calm. (laughs) Fake it till you make it, I guess. Accept the situation. And if flying makes you anxious, distract yourself during the flight. Which is interesting. I think I've always been scared of flying. I think just being in a tube in the air is scary. Even though people literally do it every day and have done it for hundred like forever. But then I feel like when you have a kid too, the anxiety is doubled because you can't even sit there and like put like for me, I didn't listen to one minute of music or watch one movie, which helps pass the time, which helps ease the stress. It's like, you're just sitting there praying your kid just doesn't move for a couple hours, you know? So I need to set up myself next time. I think I need to get some AirPods and just pop them in and listen to some meditation or a podcast that makes me feel good that makes me happy to help you know take off some of that stress and help ease it a little bit anyways I just felt called to do an episode on this because I've just been doing some reflecting and I hope that someone can relate to it if you can I would love to see you share it to your story if not that's okay too But I'm just hoping, you know, that some people can connect with it because I know I've chatted with some girls about feeling the exact same way. So make sure to reach out if you're feeling any type of way. I'm here for you. I know we have a whole community of women that feel really similar feelings come up. And if you're experiencing any anxiety or depression, just know that that's normal within the lifestyle. Like it's very isolating and can be hard and lonely and you don't always have to put on a happy face. But I hope that maybe identifying some of these triggers can help you kind of strategize and plan your travel a little bit better. And that's the thing is like a lot of people ask me like, oh no, like what's going on? Like what's wrong with your, like what's happening with your travel? And it wasn't necessarily anything huge, just like little minor things where like I would show up and like my son's apparently not on the reservation when I have it in my email and like my bags were supposed to be free and then they were saying it was like $400 and then it took 45 minutes to get checked in. So it's just like these little things stacking and stacking on top of each other. It's like, why is this happening? Like, why can't this always just be easy? And then I also had a little issue with TSA where the lady at O'Hare Airport, go figure, because they're literally notorious for being so rude at that airport was extremely rude to me and I just said you know what I'm doing the best I can I'm traveling alone with my dog and my baby like can you please just like I'm trying to get everything on here as quickly as possible I just said please like don't be rude like I'm doing the best I can and she was like screaming at me and I was just shocked I'm about to get on this 10-hour flight the last thing I need is this bad energy flooding in on me by this random ass person so I did what I did best and I went and reported her to the freaking head of security because I was furious and I hope that she will get in trouble in some type of way because I do not think that's appropriate or acceptable to ever be talking to someone like that. So it's inevitable that shit's going to happen when you travel and there was more things on top of that such as the lack of sleep. Again, just trying to, I guess, stay neutral And I'm saying this because I need to try to do this better myself. Will probably help us all in the long run. To wrap up this episode, I wanted to share with you guys all of the funny responses I got. Because on Instagram, I asked what your triggers were 
when traveling and there are some hilarious responses. So I was gonna read some of them and then tell you if I agree or if I disagree. Someone said everyone else's kids on the plane. Yeah, I kind of agree. <laughs> Which is funny because like when your kid is screaming, it doesn't count. But then when someone else's kid is screaming, you're like, I just got my child to be quiet and now I have to listen to that on top of it. So, but I feel like we're all in this together, you guys. When people don't help when there's kids involved. Yeah, I think if you see like a mom that's struggling with her bags or like when I traveled by myself a couple weeks ago to go visit my friend in Northern California, my son literally didn't make a peep the entire flight, but I could feel people staring at me, like not wanting me to sit next to them. And it just made me feel bad because I'm like, okay, I'm already traveling alone. This is obviously not an ideal situation, so don't make me feel even worse by glaring at me or you're seeing me struggle with my bags and you're just standing at, standing there staring at me, especially flight attendants. Normally, I found that it's really helpful, but sometimes it's not. Flying in general, hate it no matter how many times I do it. Yes, the accuracy. Agree. Airline staff giving you conflicting info and not knowing their own rules. Oh my gosh, this is like every time we fly. I feel like especially if you have a dog or just with everything with COVID going over there, like people are so confused and like give you a hard time about the visas. Like not everything is streamlined and like it just depends on the employee that you get. Should I open the window shade or keep it closed? I will never know. Oh my gosh, this is funny. This does not trigger me, but I can see why. You would be confused. People going barefoot to the bathroom. I'm very concerned for you if you do this. That is all I will say. When everyone stands up on a plane before boarding. This is also not a trigger for me because at that point I think I'm just so relieved to have been landed. So I just don't really care. But I do think it's annoying and I, f I hate when people like rush out in front of you if they're in the aisle behind you like i just wish the airlines would be better at like allowing certain rows to leave at like saying okay row one through 20 instead of just like everyone standing up and trying to rush off the plane because we're all going to the same place we all have to go through customs so just sit down when people turn their light on or open their window during sleeping time yeah that's just kind of no self sense of awareness three people said when the plane is hot yeah yeah that's definitely not fun like when you sit down and you're just already hot and then you sit down there's no air especially on those international flights like you can't adjust your air because i think you're in the in the air for so long <laughs> my husband waiting to go to the bathroom until the exact minute they start boarding that's hilarious everyone wanting to see us the day before we leave yeah that's tough you have to make a clear boundary in advance saying like we're going to be super busy these are the times that work for us so that that doesn't happen. Flight delays and bad customer service. Yeah, the bad, the bad customer service is very annoying. And I think when you're traveling, it's already stressful then to have bad energy on top of that. Like, I will snap. Judgmental looks, people who act like they've never seen a kid cry, someone asking if my baby's okay when their baby's crying, people who let their babies scream without consoling them, delays. People standing too close to me in line slash in general. <laughs> That's from my sister and I completely agree with that. I absolutely cannot stand when people stand too close to me, especially random people. Anyways, these are hilarious. 
I'll probably share more to Instagram. But thank you so much for listening to this solo episode. I hope that you could relate. Let me know what you think. And we will see you next week. That will be the episode with my co-host for about a month, Brittany Wedgwood. I am so excited for her to join in on these conversations with me. So stay tuned for that and we'll see you then.